Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of This Week in the World of Football. This is episode number 285 for February 28th, 2023. I'm your host, Randy Snow. On today's show, it was week two in the XFL, and the Grey Cup champion quarterback signs with the USFL? In honor of Black History Month, this week's history lesson is a profile of legendary grambling coach Eddie Robinson. But I'm not here by myself. Across the table from me, as always, is my son, Adam. Yes, we're here, and uh, what an exciting couple of days we've had. Yeah, yeah it's been busy. Been busy, and, uh, you know, getting uh, some league commissioners all up in our uh, Twitter account. <laughs> well, one, anyway. <laughs> okay, one league commissioner. Hey, that's more than the normal amount of league commissioners that's we right. get talking to us. That's right. We come to you each week from the fabulous World of Football Man Cave, located right here in the center of the football world, Kalamazoo, Michigan. We're here to promote the game of football in all its many forms, past, present, and future. Our goal is to educate, inform, and entertain our listeners with the glorious buffet that is the world of football. All this while keeping a close eye on the rich history of the game. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We'd love to get your feedback on one of our many platforms, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and YouTube, where we post the entire audio portion of this show, as well as other selected videos. We're also on Amazon Music, so you can simply ask Alexa to play the World of Football podcast. So let's begin today's show with Adam and the World of Football scoreboard. That's right. It's week two of the XFL. How about that? They made it to week two. <laughs> I think that's a big accomplishment, don't you? Well, the, in 2020, they made it through week five. So uh, when they play week six, we can all start celebrating. That is very true. But, you know, we had four games again this weekend, starting with the Seattle Sea Dragons. Uh who fell to the St. Louis Battlehawks 20-18. to This was a game that they should not have let, you know, <laughs> slip through their fingers, but they ended up, you know, losing. The, the Battlehawks clawed back again. What a... I watched all the highlights from this. I couldn't watch the game. It was Thursday night. Right. I went out to a, a movie that night, so I didn't watch the game, but I watched all the highlights. Great highlight package they put together, by the way. Um and St. Louis, what a heck of a comeback. You know, I thought Seattle looked great. You know, they got a couple of great yeah, wide receivers. The, the league's leading receiver on that team was shelling out, and he looked great. Josh uh, Gordon had a another, I think it was like a great two-point conversion he ended up catching there in the corner of the end zone. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Seattle's got some players, but they're 0-2. They've, they've given up a couple of big leads. Uh, the Battlehawks ended up kicking a 44-yard field goal as time expired to, to overcome a 12-point deficit during the game. Quarterback A.J. McCarron completed 22 passes for 184 yards and one touchdown, while Seattle quarterback Ben DiNucci completed 19 passes for 196 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, yeah, I so... I don't know if I like Thursday night football for the XFL. I mean, no. I, I know they want those TV, you know, advertising numbers and all that, but I just, I just think, man, this is the XFL. Keep it to Saturdays and Sundays. We don't need Thursday night football. I, I um, didn't see any of the numbers from the broadcast. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think the broadcast was any different. I do think it's weird that they put it on a Thursday night. Yeah. But uh, whatever, regardless. But uh, I do want to note that Seattle's attendance, you know, didn't look too bad. I didn't see the final number there, but they, you know, they were playing in the stadium where the Seahawks play. Yeah, I so. think it was somewhere around between ten and twelve thousand for just about all the games, except yeah. for the Vegas game, which yeah. was lower. But uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Yep. But yeah, speaking of Vegas, uh, the next game, which was on Saturday, 
saw the DC Defenders uh, get their second win of the season by defeating the Vegas Vipers 18 to six. It was a rainy game and a slippery oh, game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Las Vegas, I mean, was up six to nothing, and I think that continues the streak of the first team to score ends up losing the game. Mm. Uh, I can't remember if it uh, continued for the other two games, but yeah, it was six to nothing at halftime. So yeah. it, was a, it was a boring, rainy. It was a around. defensive slugfest, yeah. and you know, for a while I was okay with that, but uh, you know, eventually the defenders started getting things put together, and uh, what was it Derek King? Came in at quarterback there for the defenders, and he looked great. I think, uh, you know, they had him and they had Jordan Tamau as their two quarterbacks. And eventually Tamau just, I don't know if they really benched him technically, but they just were trying to get a spark with Derek King, and he came in and just the Vipers defense couldn't stop him. Yeah. Uh, Derek King was quarterback running all over the place and causing havoc, and he might be their guy going forward. And so uh, so that's a 2-0 for the D- D.C. defenders. Mm-hmm. On Sunday, then, we had the San Antonio Brahmas defeat the Orlando Guardians in Orlando. It's their first home game of the year, 30-12. to What a blowout that ended up being. Uh, San Antonio quarterback uh, Jack Cohn completed 16 passes for 165 yards and three touchdowns, so he had a great game. Yeah, three touchdowns. That's impressive. Uh, the Brahmas wore those yellow uniforms. I guess that's their away uniform. It wasn't I, bad. I actually dug the away uniform for them. They, they yeah. might have the best uniform in the league to me. Helmet still lacks a little bit. Yeah. But... Uh, but man, the Guardians, oof, boy! And I thought the Vipers were bad. The Guardians might be worse. It's, it's. And I hate saying that because we're only two weeks into the season. But when you have your head coach telling the sideline reporter that, that he's going to bench everybody who's out on the field, like th- there's something going on there, and you hate to see that, even with a league as small as the XFL. Yeah, San Antonio just kind of came out and they just uh, they manhandled that game. I mean. Uh, Orlando really couldn't do anything. It wasn't wasn't even close. Yeah. Uh, you, you just knew that uh, San Antonio was a much better team uh, on this particular day, and, and that's the way it turned out. And who knows? Maybe Orlando could turn it around, but right now, yeah, I would say if I had to have weekly power rankings, which Randy won't let me do yet, uh, <laughs> I'd put Orlando at the bottom. Uh, then finally on Sunday, the Houston Roughnecks and the Arlington Renegades uh, met in the only game of unbeaten teams going into this game. Uh, it was a very back and forth game for a while there, which was very entertaining up till the start of the fourth quarter. Then I think uh, the Roughnecks just pulled away, and the Renegades couldn't do uh, much after that. The final score there: the Roughnecks twenty-three, Renegades fourteen. Houston quarterback Brandon Silvers completed fourteen passes for one hundred seventy-three yards and two touchdowns. So, not super impressive NFL stat lines in this league. Right, right. But when you sit there and you watch some of these guys play, you know. They they look good. The silver kid, I, I like watching him play. Uh, and then I just think uh, Houston as a whole, just as all three phases of the game, they got dudes on every level of uh, playmaking ability. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think I watched most of this game. I, I watched most of all these games. I think I missed the first half of one of them. Um, but you know, the the competition is there. You know, so yeah. obviously some teams. Uh, have to have to start getting things together here pretty soon, but uh, others are are clicking along pretty good as you know for such a young league and and not having a whole lot of uh, lead up time to their first game. Yeah, and the XFL even released a, a post about an hour ago uh, talking about how the league is continuing to grow. So I th- figured I'd highlight that real quick. They welcomed Vegas and Orlando, you know, home crowds this weekend. Um, they're currently. Uh, the point average for the league right now is seven, 37.625 average points per game in terms of combined point totals. Four of the eight games have been decided by four points or less, so half of your games are at least pretty close. Uh, 
Uh, they've had 315 million plus video views, mm. I assume, just across all social media platforms. Um, let's see, a couple other numbers, which I don't understand. Uh, then they've had 100,000 fans experiencing live, whatever that means. St. Louis's lower bowl has been sold out for their opening game, opening up the 300 sections for fans. So, uh, and they said no lemons this week in their post. That was the last thing they snuck in there in their little info dump post. So well, St. Louis is the only team that has not had a home game yet. And they won't have a home and game they won't this have week. It this week. So uh, in two weeks, they'll get that first home game. Uh, Very excited to see that. And we're excited to go to, uh, the game in about a, uh, a little over a month from now, yeah. we'll be in St. Louis to see a home game. There. Yeah, we're going to make the trip this year. Hopefully, it won't have, end up like uh, the last know, time. A couple of years ago when they canceled the season just before we got there. Yep. So, uh, for the upcoming week three schedule it, uh, on Saturday, we're going to have the Sea Dragons and the Vegas Vipers taking each other on. Both those teams are 0 2. Then you have a triple header on Sunday, which I believe is very weird. Yeah. Uh, St. Louis and the D.C. Defenders, they'll take on each other at 2-0, and so a battle of unbeatens there. The Orlando Guardians will take on the Arlington Renegades, and then the San Antonio Brahmas will take on the Houston Roughnecks. That should be an interesting game yeah. there. Yep. So that is it for the XFL this week. We'll, we're going to throw it over to Randy, who's got some HBCU stuff. Yeah, there was one game, one final college football game of the season was played this past weekend. I feel like we've said one final college football game <laughs> yeah. at least six times since it's, the end of the college yeah, football it's season. Been a couple. Of weeks. I don't know what the last one was. The Senior Bowl or uh, one of those All Star yeah, games. Yeah, All Star games. And this was again an All Star game. It was the HBCU Legacy Bowl, and it was Team Robinson over Team Gaither. 10-3. to three. Uh, Team Robinson, of course, is named for Eddie Robinson, and Team Gaither is named for another legendary HBCU, HBCU coach, Jake Gaither. And uh, we're going to have a little bit more on Eddie Robinson coming up in our history lesson Oh, today. wow. Uh, that game la- uh, last weekend was uh, played at Tulane Stadium in New Orleans. So, yeah, uh, the, the last college all-star game of the season. And already we're talking about Colleges uh, gearing up for their spring game already. Right. And spring practice is beginning, and it just never ends. It never ends. It I mean, we got college ends. players currently in the NFL Combine right now. Yep, so that's coming up this weekend, the NFL yep. Combine. So I'm telling you, there's always something going on. That's why this podcast is every we have, stinking we have week, and it drives us insane. <laughs> we have something to talk about every week. Uh, sometimes it's not a lot. We need understudies. But, but there is uh, something. Actually, can I get a union? Can I get a podcast union so I can like uh, get Don't some... say something about understudies, because I'm sure there'll be people ready to take our spots if we uh, Well, I mean, they, uh, can't, be, they can't be the world of football. I mean, we got that <laughs> on, on lockdown, but... I mean, I just need an understudy to take in. You know, I want some time off. I mean, come on, man. You, you Don't have, you want time off? You have six days a week to have time off, and then uh, one day a week you come in. Oh, you sound like my place of employment. Anyway, <laughs> what else we got? Uh, that is it for this week's World of Football scoreboard. So now we're going to move on to some other news. Uh, in the NFL, boy, a lot of uh, players being cut, uh, moved, uh, some retained. Yeah, a lot of news about pre-cutting, you know, players with yeah. the, the league. Yeah, so we're going to cut him, but it's not going to take effect till March fifteenth. March fifteenth, which, which is the league uh, New Year. Yep, the new so. the new uh, league year. So yeah, uh, the biggest ones that I've come across was the Washington Commanders have released quarterback Carson Wentz. Yeah, that's like a big twenty twenty something million dollar. You know, thing that they're freeing up. Yeah, That's all, a big it's thing. It's all a money thing now. You know, they're, yeah. now they're trying to save some money going into next year so they can maybe get some other players at other positions. Lions released uh, uh, Kev- Kenneth uh, Brockers. Brockers. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Michael Brockers. Sorry. 
but then also Washington, they, I want to throw this out real quick. Uh, they franchise, they're also the first team to franchise, franchise tag a guy this year. Okay. That's defensive tackle Darren Payne, who was a 2023 Pro Bowler. Hmm. So probably a good move to keep a Pro Bowler on your roster if you're yeah. a team like Washington. Uh, another quarterback has been released. Atlanta Falcons released quarterback Marcus Mariota. Uh, he was he wasn't even there a year, was he? I don't think so. I think that was his first year there. Yeah. But they they've got a young rookie quarterback there. There's thoughts that maybe they'll draft a quarterback high in the draft. So we'll see. And then uh, uh, it, something that was a bit of a no surprise to you and me: the Giants have released former Lions wide receiver Kenny Galladay. Man, what a bust he's been in two years. And he New was York. so good when he was with Detroit, and then he wanted a big fat contract yep. in the new Lions regime. Yep. You know, Brad Holmes and uh, Dan Campbell said, mm, "Nah." And, and then set him going, and we were like, oh, man. I mean, we get that you made that for financial reasons. Like, I get losing him. Yeah. And we were kind of bummed, and then he, he did He was our best player at the he time. He was our best player best at the time. receiver. And then he amounted to nothing in New York. Absolutely Does that nothing. make our general manager and head coach <laughs> look like geniuses? Maybe a little. Or did the Giants just fumble how to use Kenny Galladay? Or, that could be part of it, too. Or is Kenny Galladay just that difficult to play with? I well, Some guys, you know, when they get that big contract or they think they've made it, they stop trying. Maybe. but I don't know if that's the case here. I, I hope not. that's not the case because I liked Kenny Galladay when he was with yep, Detroit. I, I was really pulling for him with the Giants, and it just nothing worked there. Uh, he seems like a decent dude, at least on social media, but who doesn't look like a saint on their social media page? But I really do. I, depending on whoever picks him up, you know, I hope he... Plays real well, unless it's a division rival. Then I hope he doesn't. But right. anywhere else, as long as you're not part of the Packers, Vikings, or Bears, <laughs> I hope you do well anywhere else, Mr. Da- Mr. Galladay, because I-, I had fun watching him. He was a great talent. Yeah. And it's yeah. just disappointing to see him turn into a joke the last two years. Yeah, I, I hated to see him go. Like I said, he, he was the best receiver on our team at that time. Uh, but, man, oh, man, uh, he really has not amounted to anything <laughs> since since he left Detroit. Okay, um, some USF, USFL news. Uh, Toronto Argonauts quarterback McLeod Bethel-Thompson, one of the best names uh, ever in the CFL, Agreed. has signed with the uh, New Orleans Breakers of the USFL. That just absolutely shocked me. When I, I was a little this. shocked by that. He just won a Grey Cup last fall with the uh, Toronto Argonauts. And uh, why would you, you know, my... I don't know this, but my assumption is that he's trying to get looked at by the NFL before he gets too old. Uh, mm-hmm. And maybe the USFL, he'll get a mo- more of a look than he would up in Canada. I mean, yeah, you can win Grey Cups left and right up in Canada, but you're not getting looked at uh, by NFL teams. And Which scouts. is a shame because it is. It is. I, I think great Canada players. produces a lot of great, you know, talent up there. They yeah. just don't get seen down here. Which I don't understand. You think you'd have scouts everywhere if sure. you're the NFL, but. I mean, a good player is a good player. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he, he just won a great cup this this last November with uh, Toronto. And I just looked up a little bit of his uh, playing history. I did not know this, that uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson uh, was with the uh, Arena Football League's San Jose Sabercats in 2011. And he was also, that same season, with the United Football League's Sacramento, Goal, uh, Sacramento Mountain Lions. Uh, and then he was with the Toronto Argonauts from 2017 until last year. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like he had a good thing going up in Canada, and and now he's with the the USFL. You New think, Orleans you know, you, you could go for back-to-back championships with the Argos, yeah. uh, but I don't, I don't know. know, maybe there's an opportunity there in the USFL, or maybe it's closer to home, you know, Who back knows? in the States. Who so knows? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, but are, does that now make the New Orleans Breakers the USFL favorites to go to the championship? 
Well, I don't know, but yeah. I'll I will definitely be watching him because he was a lot of fun to watch. I'll be rooting uh, for him. Uh, in up in the CFL. Okay, uh, speaking of the Arena Football League, uh, you and I did a uh, uh, YouTube video just the other day. Yes, yeah, a little shameless self-promotion here, everybody. It was called uh, Five Things the Arena Football League Needs to Do, and we had a list of five things that we thought were important that the, the league should uh, concentrate on in, next year. Or the, in that, yeah, in 2024. So, yeah, we put out this video, and... Um, Feel free to go to our YouTube channel, The World of Football Kalamazoo. Go like, subscribe, all that junk there, and uh, go watch that video if you guys haven't already. It's, uh, yeah. you know, I thought it was a very fun video, and uh, it definitely got uh, the attention of one Ameri- American <laughs> Arena Football League Commissioner, Mr. Uh, Lee Hutton III, yeah, whose he, name I did not misspell in this yeah. graphic here, but... Yeah, he uh, he he tweeted us the, that uh, he... He appreciated our uh, uh, our five suggestions. So that's that's uh, polite speak for you guys. Don't know what you're talking about. Stay in your lane, boys. But no, it, we 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 had some points that uh, you know, as as fans going back to to 2000. I mean, we've been fans of the Arena Football League uh, for 20, 20 23 years. years now. Yeah, way over 20, 20 years, and it's. It was really close to our hearts, so we we had some definite things that we we wanted to make sure that the league but they heard, heard from the fans. And I definitely say, don't think they were important. unreasonable things. I think they were just well, kind of things yeah. that we so we just want the best for this league. The league is like yes. not a child to us, but it's like that friend's kid that we all know. It's like we want nothing but the best for our friend's kid, and we want to make sure that you know they they thrive and prosper. And we had five things. We we're like, you know what? what? If they try to do these, we think they'd be in the right direction. Mm-hmm. You know, but they got. Business people, they got smart people there trying to run the yeah. league, and I'm sure they got their own ideas. But we just thought, hey, we're big fans. We just want to see this succeed. So here's our ideas. Yep. And yep. apparently, the commissioner said they were great. Keep them coming. So <laughs> stay tuned next week when we have five more great ideas. Uh, don't go that far. Okay. <laughs> I'm not ruling it out, but uh, yeah, just we don't need that. Yeah, much. I don't think there'll be another five things the Arena League needs to do unless no. they do something we don't like. No. All right, let's move on to uh, some birthdays for today. February 28th, Coach Hayden Fry, born on this date in 1929. He died in 2019 at the age of 90. He was a head coach for 37 years and posted a record of 230 wins, 128 losses, and 10 ties. He was at SMU from 1962 to 1972. He was uh, head coach at North Texas from 73 to 78. And then he was at the University of Iowa for 20 years, from 1979 to 1998. And he was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 2003. We do have breaking NFL news right now. In the middle of obituaries. In the middle of obituaries. I can wait till we're done with the obituaries. What is well, it? Well, actually, you're, you're only two into the uh, birthdays, so it's not obituaries yet. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you want to get through the birthdays first, and then go, we can... Go ahead. Nope, go through the birthdays first, then we'll... Uh... I'll break in with this breaking news that will shatter everybody's for breaking brains. breaking in for nothing. Uh, our, our I'm just letting everybody birthday. know that we have breaking news at this very moment, oh. and i got to sit on it because Randy's going through these bullet points. Our other birthday today is that of defensive end Bubba Smith. Bubba! Born on this date in 1945. He passed away in 2011 at the age of 66. Played his college football right down the road from here at Michigan State University. He won a national championship in 1965. And he was the number one pick in the 1967 NFL Draft by the Baltimore Colts. He played nine NFL seasons. Uh, He was with the Colts from 67 to 71. He missed the 1972 season due to injuries. 
He was with the Oakland Raiders in 73 and 74, and he was with the Houston Oilers in 1975 and 1976. He played in Super Bowl III and lost to the Jets, but he won Super Bowl V with the Colts versus the Cowboys. He then got into acting, and you probably know him best for his uh, appearances in the Police Academy movies. He made a couple of appearances on Married with Children, and he was famous for his light beer commercials. So, yeah, national champ uh, in college, Super Bowl champ, and on Married with Children. That is the trifecta wow. of this show. that is Randy's trifecta. <laughs> and he was also inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 1988. And finally, uh, anniversary today, on this date in 1987, the showcase game in the Arena Football League. It was the Miami Vice uh, defeating the Chicago Bruisers 33-30. to That game was played in Rosemont, Illinois. Uh, later that year, the Arena Football League kicked off, kicked off their very first season with four teams. So um, that's it for our birthdays and anniversaries. And before we get to our obituaries today, let's have some breaking news. Breaking NFL news as the first bit of the NFL schedule for next season has dropped. Your 2023 NFL preseason will open with the Cleveland Browns facing the New York Jets in the Hall of Fame game on August 3rd. Oh, okay. Oof, there. I was really nervous you weren't going to like that breaking news. I thought you'd be like, really? You broke in for that? Yeah, that's right. This is the time of year when they start dropping all these you know, games. Like, what's the first game in Germany going to be this year? I bet you it's Lions-Chiefs. That'll be the, the rumor going That'll on. be the, the Germany game. You got your passport? No. And neither do I. All right, we're going on, moving on to a couple of obituaries today. This is where we take a moment to honor those who've made the world of football a better place. The first obituary is that of Jim McMillan, a defensive back in the American Football League for five seasons, has passed away at the age of 83. McMillan played college football at Colorado State. He signed as a free agent with the Denver Broncos in 1961 and played for the Broncos for just two seasons. He then signed with the Oakland Raiders in 1966. Uh, during the 1964 season, he was traded back to Denver, where he finished his playing career in 1965. All right, and our second and final obituary this week is that of Fred Miller, a defensive tackle in the NFL for 10 seasons, has passed away at the age of 83. Miller played college football at Louisiana State University and was selected in the seventh round of the 1962 NFL Draft by the Baltimore Colts. He was also selected in the 26th round of the 1962 American Football League Draft by the Oakland Raiders. He signed with the Colts and played his entire career in Baltimore from 1962 to 1972. Miller won Super Bowl V as a member of the Colts uh, alongside uh, the gentleman you just talked about, Bubba Smith. Smith. Yeah, Yeah, just two minutes ago. So, All right. All right, any other breaking news? You could have waited for me to ask you that, because I always ask you that before we go to the history. I guess, but I just felt like that was such a big thing. It was the first drop of the NFL schedule for next year, just right there, you know, eight months away. And uh, So it was the Browns versus who? The Jets. Browns and Jets. Yes. So I don't know if that means anything for the Hall of Fame class. Were there Browns and Jets in the Hall of Fame class? I don't recall. Um, Because usually they try to line that up. Right, yeah. Man, I can't remember. But, uh, hey, that should be an entertaining game. You know, sure. the, uh, Deshaun Watson and the Browns against the, the Jets, who I think will be a more improved team going into next season. Yeah. Will Derek Carr be their quarterback? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. No. Who knows? All right. Well, let's move on to this week's history lesson. 
And this week is our, uh, our last of our four uh, Black History Month-related uh, history lessons. And this week we have a profile of legendary Grambling head coach, Eddie Robinson. One of the winningest coaches at any level of college football is Eddie Robinson. He not only won football games, but he also helped shape the lives of his players far beyond the game of football. Edward Eddie Robinson was born on February 12, 1919, in Jackson, Louisiana. When he was eight years old, his family moved to Baton Rouge. He was a starting quarterback in high school and led his team to three consecutive undefeated seasons. He then enrolled in Leland College in Baker, Louisiana, where he was an English major. He played football in college for four years and graduated in 1941. He went on to earn a master's degree in 1954 from the University of Iowa. After graduating from Leland College in 1941, Robinson was hired as the head coach and athletic director at the Louisiana Negro Normal and Industrial Institute. The school changed its name to Grambling State in 1946. Robinson coached at Grambling for 56 years from 1941 to 1997, with the exception of three years during World War II, and posted a record of 408 wins, 165 losses, and 15 ties. Many of his players went on to play in the NFL, the Canadian Football League, and the American Football League. The first to do so was fullback Paul Hank Younger. He was Robinson's first black college All-American and was also the first player to sign with an NFL team. Younger signed with the Los Angeles Rams, where he played from 1949 to 1957, and won an NFL title with the Rams in 1951. He finished his playing career with the Pittsburgh Steelers in 1958. Rambling was becoming a very popular team under Robinson's leadership, and many people wanted to see them play. So Grambling began playing some of their games in major cities and stadiums around the country. They played at Yankee Stadium, Soldier Field, the Los Angeles Coliseum, and the New Orleans Superdome. In 1976, Robinson took his team to Tokyo for a game against Morgan State. It was the first American college football game ever played in Asia. In all, Robinson had four players inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Hank Younger, Willie Davis, Buck Buchanan, and Willie Brown. Doug Williams played for Robinson and went on to become the first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl. He led the Washington Redskins to a victory over the Denver Broncos in Super Bowl XXII and was also named the game's MVP. Williams succeeded Robinson as the head coach at Grambling in 1998 and was there for six seasons from 1998 to 2003. Eddie Robinson died in Grambling, Louisiana on April 3, 2007 at the age of 88. During his coaching career, he led the Grambling State Tigers to 27 consecutive winning seasons from 1960 to 1986 as well as 17 Southwestern Athletic Conference Championships. He was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 1997 and the Black College Football Hall of Fame in 2010. With 408 wins, Robinson is the third winningest coach in college football history behind only Joe Paterno with 409 wins and John Gallardi 
with 489 wins. Evenson has more wins than legendary coaches Bobby Bowden, Bear Bryant, Pop Warner, Amos Alonzo Stagg, and Newt Rockney. It is unlikely that we will ever see another coach like Eddie Robinson again. A man who remained loyal to one HBCU school for over 50 years and who developed many players who were worthy of playing in the NFL. And wow, just like that, our Black History Month history lessons are over. Man, you always, every year you surprise me with, you know, that you're always able to find a, a good crop of stuff to find. Well, you know, uh, for the last year, I've been sitting on the four stories that we had this month, and uh, I've already got two lined up for next year. For so, next year. So I'm, I'm uh, you know, I, I, I want to make sure I have uh, some really good stories for Black History Month, and uh, I've got two already uh, set aside for next year, and so i, I got to sit on them for a year uh, to bring them out uh, during Black History Month. Yeah. Okay, we'll move on to our upcoming events calendar. This weekend, March 2nd through the 5th, it's the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. Or as we like to call it, the NFL's Underwear Olympics. There you go. Uh, Saturday, March 4th, Champions Indoor Football regular season begins. March 17th, the Indoor Football League regular season begins. Sunday, April 16th, the USFL regular season begins. Uh, Then the NFL Draft in Kansas City, April 27th through the 29th. May 22nd, the CFL preseason begins. May 23rd, the uh, XFL Championship game is going to be held in San Antonio. And finally, uh, Thursday, June 8th, the CFL regular season begins. Oh, my gosh. The scoreboard's about to get packed in the next few weeks. Yeah, <laughs> so far this year, we've not had a single week when we didn't have some kind of score yeah. to talk about uh, in college, pro, or whatever. Yeah, but it's just that time of year where we're going to be bringing up some champions indoor football, some indoor football. XFL, USFL, it's all going to be happening at the exact same time. Spring is only uh, 20... 21 days, 22 days away. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got a lot of the spring games uh, coming up. A lot of college teams are going to be practicing for, you know, beginning here pretty soon, and they've already got dates for their spring games. So uh, check out your local <laughs> college team. And we, we, I've been to the uh, uh, Western Michigan spring game many times uh, yeah. around here. I think I, you've been to a couple. Uh, but, I might have gone to one. But, uh, yeah, it seems like they a lot of times they'll uh, – They'll have like a food drive going on. They'll ask you to bring a, a bag of you know canned goods or something uh, to the game and drop those off. And it's it's always a good time. The weather, you know, in Michigan in March, you never know. It, yeah, it never could know. Be like a today was a lot warmer than you think, or it could be terrible and nasty. So yeah. you never know. Uh, something else we didn't mention earlier was that the Buccaneers are going to release on that same league startup date uh, Leonard Fournette, mm. the running back there in okay. Tampa Bay. So. Okay. One of those other moves I figured we could quickly just mention. I'm sure there'll be a lot more Oh, I'm more sure as soon as we turn these the microphones 15. off, there'll be way more. <laughs> so that's how it usually goes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else? Uh, that should do it. Wow, we've uh, really, this is a short show. Yeah. I mean, you, you, so a little inside football, everybody, for those of you who don't know, inside podcasting here. Randy starts every show by going, we go through the script, and then he goes, yeah, it shouldn't be that long of a show today. And then we proceed to talk for an hour. Today might actually be we, the day. And then Adam starts talking, and I can't shut him up. And uh-huh. then next thing you know, we're pushing an hour. Uh-huh. But uh, today might be that day, Randy, where 
Yeah, it's a short show compared to our other shows. Okay, so shut up and let's end this. Uh, that's all the time we have for this week. If you learned something during this podcast about the incredible amount of diversity that exists in the world of football, then we've done our job. Visit our website at theworldoffootball.com for news, links, upcoming events, original articles, videos, and more. Our email address is info at theworldoffootball.com. You can also like The World of Football on Facebook at TWOF Kalamazoo. You can also follow us on Twitter. The address there is at TWOF Kalamazoo. New episodes of this podcast are posted on Tuesdays and are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and you can even find the video on YouTube of our audio podcast. Uh, you can uh, search YouTube for The World of Football Kalamazoo or use the handle youtube.com slash at the world of football. We are also on Amazon Music, so simply ask your Alexa device to play the World of Football podcast. Feel free to subscribe, rate, review, give us a like, leave us a comment, and let us know what you think. And please, come be a part of the football conversation. And remember, folks, some people may love football more than we do, but nobody, and I mean nobody, loves more football than we do. Until next time, when we'll try and do a better job, I'm Randy Snow. And I hope you all go out there, tell your friends about our YouTube channel, and go check out the top five things we thought the Arena Football League needs to do going forward. We'll see you all next week.